Hello ninjas and ninjets, and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. My name's Tim, I run the podcast and I'm also head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency in the UK. In this episode, I'm joined by Loz Newton, who's one of the ninjas here at Exposure Ninja, and he works on our Facebook ads. And uh, we have a discussion about brand awareness versus direct response. So these are two completely different advertising principles, methodologies, religions, if you like. And so we talk about the different advantages and disadvantages of each, and we pile in on brand awareness and how it's a complete waste of money for most businesses. That's the spoiler for you. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, We talk a lot about things like meerkats, a lot of TV advertising that we see out there as well. So good if you want some ninja perspective on a lot of the advertising that we see day to day. Hope you enjoy it. And if you've got any questions or if you've got any opinions on what we talk about, then feel free to head over to Twitter at Exposure Ninja and just tweet us or you can message us on the Facebook page Exposure Ninja. Don't forget also to head over to the Exposure Ninja website for a free website and marketing review carried out by one of our expert marketing strategists. We'll give you a free plan to show you how to increase the leads and sales from your website. It's all tailored and customized to you and it's genuinely awesome. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Exposure Ninja podcast. Um, In this episode, we're going to be talking about brand awareness and direct response advertising campaigns. Um, So this is something which we've been talking about a little bit internally um, at Exposure Ninja, and we think we wanted to just share our thoughts with everybody, just so the, you know, people are aware about that this is being an issue, and um, yeah, they're aware about this when they're looking to get any um, any marketing services from any any companies out there. So let's, let's start off then by just defining a few different concepts that I think are going to be quite relevant as we then get into the meat of the discussion. Tim, do you want to give us a quick definition of of the two main terms of brand awareness and also direct response advertising. Yes, I'm not going to give an official definition because I don't have one, but direct response advertising is basically when the the goal of the advertising is a specific response, right? Normally that's a purchase. So most uh most digital marketing online, well, that's a let's say most uh, lead generation advertising, great example of direct response because we're advertising to get a lead or we're advertising to get a sale or something like that. Brand awareness, the goal is this rather fuzzy awareness of a brand. So the Coke billboard, the thing at the side of the football pitch, which says Coca-Cola and you know they're obviously not trying to generate a lead for Coca-Cola. They're just trying to embed coke in the brains of the watchers or the players or the attendees or whatever um, so those are the main differences yeah so so just to take a couple of examples so it's like you say um coca-cola is pretty famous for having ads that don't really encourage you to actually purchase a product directly at all anywhere in the ad i mean they're you know, sort of christmas holidays are coming Coca-Cola ad is a pretty classic example of that so i'm not sure that there even is a call to action at the end of that i think it literally just you know, finishes with that, with that kind of holiday message. Um, so, so then at no point are they saying buy Coke, but obviously that's kind of at the end of the day, that's got to be their goal, hasn't it? Because, you know, they're, they are a business and they're looking to sell Coke. So that, that would be a, yeah, a good example of a brand awareness campaign. Any, any specific examples that you can think of that are, um, are a direct response campaign that people might have, have heard of, you know, just so that they've got an, a, a sort of an example in their minds. 
I mean, most direct response ads that are like on TV or something might be, you know, using a voucher code, giving people a voucher code that they can use to request percentage off or, or something like that. So most TV ads during prime time, there's no direct response component at all. Um, they're a combination of product awareness, which is the term I'm coining and, and going to talk through later on, and just really general stuff like the hot, the Coke truck at Christmas, where it's it's just pure brand stuff. Uh, so most TV advertising is is there's no direct response component at all. Most direct response stuff that people will be familiar with will be a lot of digital advertising is direct response. Any Facebook ad that you see, which is trying to generate a lead or sale is direct response. Most Google AdWords are direct response. Yeah, I mean, direct response is pretty much the the original form of marketing, isn't it? So things like, you know, leaflets that you get in the mail and that kind of stuff with, you know, coupons and, and sales brochures and all that kind of stuff were all direct response campaigns. So this is you know, the original form of advertising, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, some of the world's biggest businesses have a direct response background and, and were built on direct response. And I think a lot of marketers who pine for the olden days look back to a time when, you know, Claude Hopkins and scientific advertising and all that sort of stuff was was, was current. And, and back in the day, it was all direct response because if, you know, a lot of these businesses were, were quite small and if they only had X amount to spend on advertising, they needed to generate X plus whatever they needed in order to perpetuate the advertising. And it's only nowadays where a lot of big brand advertising is completely ruled by agencies and they've managed to fool the entire world into thinking that generating leads and sales is, is not the goal of advertising, <laughs> that actually brand advertising is is just such a massive thing. Okay. So I think, I think yeah, that we're getting into the, the contentious issue, which is really what made us want to start talking about this, the idea that, yeah, brand awareness is um, something that marketers have come up with. It's a waste of money, all that kind of stuff. Um, before we start, we start really sort of digging into, um, into brand marketers, um, there's one other term that I just want to define and I want to see if you agree. With, at the moment, we're talking about direct response ad campaigns and brand awareness ad campaigns. There's a sort of a related concept of branding, which I think it's quite important to differentiate this from, from what we're talking about. So when we're talking about brand awareness campaigns not being a good idea, we're not saying that branding isn't a good idea. Is, is, would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I'm not even saying brand awareness campaigns aren't a good idea. I'm just saying they're generally a, a poor use of advertising spend. There's, there's certainly a huge amount of equity in, in the brand. And when you look at someone like Coke, the reason that they're stocked in every every shop, you know, there is a part of that reason, which is going to be because they're visible on every sports pitch in the world. And it's just, it's become this massive thing that says, everybody knows about Coke. And a lot of that is because the brand awareness stuff that they've been doing for, for decades. I think all we're saying in this episode, and all we're saying in general is just, for most people, brand awareness is, is either a complete waste of time or a massive, massive waste of budget. That result, the sales that are generated could usually be generated from direct response much cheaper. And there are other problems with brand advertising, which we can get into later. But yeah, we're not saying branding's bad, not saying brand awareness is bad, just saying not generally the, the best approach to take. Yeah. So I think as well, obviously that kind of comes from, from our background of um, small and medium businesses as well, doesn't it? So maybe if you're, if you're, you know, multi-billion pound a, a year uh, business, then, then brand awareness might be sort of a good campaign. Well, 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 well. Here's, here's, here's one of my issues, right? People say, yeah, but yeah, but I know, but we, we can't really, you know, John Lewis, whatever, we can't really generate, uh, we can't really generate actual sales because we, you know, we're a big company. So we're just going to have to do brand awareness. And there's this assumption that as you get bigger, 
uh, direct response is, is less and less effective. Whereas actually, I, I don't see any evidence for that at all. I, I know David Ogilvy, who has you know, started the Ogilvy Advertising Agency, which is, in some senses, kind of perpetuates this brand awareness thing. Well, the guy who started it was actually a massive fan of DR. And, uh, and, and a lot of the campaigns that he run for even big companies, people like American Express, even one company to sell jets, you know, they were using direct response to do this stuff. So actually, I don't, I don't think that it's, I think that's like a common assumption that, that is made in marketing is that the bigger you get, the more you have to do brand awareness and the direct response is a bit like, a, it's a bit small and it's a bit low key and all of that. But actually, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced of that. I don't know that wasn't your position. I just, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. Again, it's a, it's an, an, it is a common assumption. So it is something that we want to sort of buff that myth, bust that myth, definitely. So, so in that case, you know, it, let's, let's pretend that you're in charge of a, of a, um, of a company, maybe, maybe a, a, a large billion dollar company, maybe, maybe something smaller. And a marketer comes to you with a pitch for a brand awareness ca- ad campaign. What are you going to be looking at in the ad campaign? Why are you going to, you know, what are you going to say in, in response to that marketer? And why are you going to end up rejecting that campaign, which I imagine you might do? Uh, yeah. Uh, so the issue, I mean, I think there's a few issues with, with brand awareness. Let's just call it a BA for now. One of them is that we cannot track the effectiveness of the campaign at all. So I was reading an interview with the marketing manager or VP of Mark, whatever for John Lewis, right? And uh, coming into Christmas, everyone's talking about these Christmas ads and, you know, oh, it's, it's time for the Christmas ads. Have you seen the John Lewis? Yeah. All of that stuff. And in the interview, she said, it was, her name is Rachel Swift. I'm sure, I'm sure she's lovely. She said it was the most profitable ROI on any activity, marketing activity that they have. My oh, question wow. to her would have immediately been, how the hell do you know that? Because the thing about the John Lewis Christmas ad is it's completely impossible to track. Yeah. They track all sorts of things like awareness, recognition, you know, can people remember the ad? Can people remember the advertiser? As if that's even a predictor of sales. That kind of lack of accountability, it's just the biggest scam in business that people are spending millions and millions on this. It's just completely, in quotes, common knowledge that this brand, this sort of stuff is fine. So if someone came to me as the owner of John Lewis and said, we're going to run this campaign, I would be saying to them, how much are you going to spend? Do you have a prediction of how much you're going to make based on past results directly from this ad? Like what actually is this going to add to the bottom line? And if they can't make the prediction, I'll say, okay, that's fine because everything's worth testing. But how are we going to know if this is successful or if it's a failure? And they're not going to be able to come up with an adequate answer for any of that stuff. So in that say, in that case, I would say, I'm sorry, I cannot make a logical decision to run this brand awareness campaign. So let's put some more money behind Google ads, or let's offer free stuff in store and advertise that, you know, wh- what else can we do that's actually going to generate measurable results for people? Yeah, what's going to generate measurable results? Yeah, and how can we make sure that we're getting that return on investment? So maybe we should just quickly clarify. So, um, in in order to to measure those results, we need to be calculating return on investment. And the way which we will be doing that is we'll be figuring out how much did we spend on the on the advertising campaign, and how many sales did we get, and then how much revenue did we get from those sales? If we can't calculate all of those things, then we can't calculate return on investment. So maybe a brand awareness campaign brought in loads of sales, but you don't know about it. Maybe you've got two brand awareness campaigns and one of them brought in loads of sales, 
but you don't know which one of those two it is. So next year, which one are you going to run? Well, you, you don't know. You're in exactly the same position. You'll be running both again because you know that somewhere in there, there's an effective campaign, but you don't know which one it is. So, so what yeah. we're saying is that we want a method to, to track you know, which campaign resulted in these sales, which campaign, you know, was resulted in sales, but was a bit too expensive, which one was really cheap. If we can get some of that information, then we could then next year, we could run a better campaign. Exactly. And, and I think for, for big brands, I get how it's really difficult to, to piece out the impact of any particular marketing message. So when I'm in John Lewis, the thing I have going around in my head is never knowingly undersold. Okay, so I know it's a safe bet. Whatever I buy in here, I'm not paying too much for it unnecessarily just because I'm in John Lewis. So they've got this price match thing that's going around the whole time. They've got nice stores, they're warm, beautiful presentation, everything looks good. They've got great in-store experience if you compare it to you know another department store like Debenhams or something. You know you're not going to lose out on price. So all things being equal, fantastic, right? Let, let's do it. So how they could say that their success at Christmas or whatever, whatever bump they're looking at, they could say this is because of the ad. I, it, th- th- there's just no data that proves that at all. So I, I really think it's a case of misattributing their success. But the point is that we can't prove that they can't prove the opposite because there's no tracking at all. So the whole thing is, if we're treating advertising as the goal of advertising is to generate sales, it, it, you know, and we, and we need to be able to track that, then we can't do it. Yeah, ex- exactly that. And and you know, always trying to get get a hold of is you know was it worth spending that money? Because we don't want to waste anybody's money when we've got a client. We don't want to be wasting their their budget, whatever that might be. We want to generate them profit. And if we're not doing that, then we need to be improving. And all we're trying to, trying to do is just figure out how you would go about doing that. So yeah, the uh, thing I want to move on to next, brand awareness campaigns. I would, I would have thought a lot of the time, it's not that hard to, to change so a brand awareness campaign so that it becomes trackable. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that there's, there's a lot of situations where you could just take a brand awareness campaign and then maybe tweak a few things and, and suddenly you've got a trackable direct response campaign? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I suppose one of, the, one of the key differences between a brand awareness and a direct response campaign would be the fact that the entire direct response campaign is configured to to get that particular result. So if we take a, a Facebook example, let's say that we're doing Facebook ads for one of our clients, we would configure the entire plan for that behind generating that particular result. So if we want to sell this particular product, then we're thinking, okay, that's the goal. And then we work back from there. We say, here's the audience, here's what the message needs to be. Whereas with brand awareness, typically, they're just trying to reach the most people. They might have some very vague idea about demographics and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, because they can't track anything, they don't really know what, what's going to work best for them. So yeah, I mean, you could you could just have a simple call to action. I think, I, I think there's different flavors, right? And it doesn't have to be, it's either brand awareness or it's direct response. I think there's like a there's a spectrum. So yeah, for example, stuff like the iPhone, the Apple ads, right? They're kind of brand awareness, but they're really focused on products and they're really focused on benefits. So when there's a video where it says video shot on iPhone, right? They're, they're really focusing on a benefit there. And they're not saying go to your iPhone store and use this voucher code to get your, your iPhone because their you know that their, their sales process is is so fragmented you could buy it from anywhere you could buy it as an upgrade so in in those sorts of situations they might not be able to run a dr um, campaign they might be able to say you know get this 
get whatever free when you upgrade to an iPhone X or something like that. But actually giving a, a really clear call to action, go out and buy this because of how we all use the internet and because of, you know, we've all got our phones in, in our pockets when, when we're watching TV or even in our hands, they, they don't need to give a specific call to action. So I think there's another flavor which big brands can use, which would be more like a, a product or benefit awareness campaign. And I, I think that's where I would be. I would be focusing on if I was a larger brand. You know, we, we've got to a stage now where you know when you want to buy insurance, you're basically choosing between opera singers and meerkats. <laughs> and we've gone so far away from what advertising, you know, what advertising is designed to do, which is motivate the action. We're kind of so far removed from that that we're tracking all sorts of bullshit metrics like awareness and recognition and all of that, which actually, you know. It, it, it really interestingly, but uh, anyway, I don't want to get too much into the meerkats. We can go into that later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I'm thinking now that um, we've kind of we've we've established the exposure ninja position, which is that um, yeah. diet response is going to be more effective. There is some element of branding in there as well, but yeah, that's the kind of campaign that we would much rather run something that's trackable. What I want to do is I want to try and play a bit of devil's advocate. I want to try and put forward some arguments about, you know, how we could be using some of this stuff. And, and you can sort of set, tell me whether or not you think they're, they're valid arguments and they're, and, um, they're something that's, that we need to consider. So, so to start with, yeah, like you say, the, um, the insurance companies, yeah, meerkats, opera, opera singers, all that kind of stuff. I think that there might be a good reason why they're doing that, which is because to the average consumer for those products, those products are pretty much identical. If I'm buying house insurance or car insurance, I don't really look at the features at all. I don't really, I just know that I need it. I, I need insurance for whatever it is. And so in the back of my mind, all, all that I'm considering is, is cost. That's kind of one factor. And then my experience with the brand, do I think they're a good, a good business? Do I think they're a, a reputable business? They're um, somebody that I like. And so I kind of wonder whether or not you know, because the products are identical in a lot of their customers' mind, they, they, the only thing they can really do is they can just differentiate themselves with their mascots and that kind of thing. So in, in, terms, of, in terms of brand awareness, do you think that that's a, a good reason to be using a, a brand awareness campaign for, for that sort of reason, a market where the products are basically exactly the same? It's a lazy approach is, is what I'd say. So and taking insurance is a perfect example because it's a purchase that's completely not aspirational. It's just purely... It's a necessity purchase, and you're right. People perceive very few benefits other than price. So unless we can get some added value in there, unless we can sell on price, if we can't do anything, then the only thing that we have to do is compete on recognition. And when it's time to do the insurance, I think of the meerkats or the opera singer, and that guides my choice. But if we look back at the meerkats, and we actually look at what they did at the start. So in 2010, when Compare the Market started plowing in millions and millions to meerkats, their business doubled in quite a short space of time. And everyone said, ah, it's the meerkats, right? The meerkats have doubled, Compare the Market. Let's get an opera singer or whatever. Sure. But what I'd look at instead is look at the fact that these guys, you know, the, the top four price comparison sites spending 123 million a year on advertising by 2015. We don't know it was the meerkats. What they were actually saying at the end, the tagline at the end of the compare the market ads used to be, you could save up to 300 pounds on your insurance because we compare more insurers than anyone else. That's the benefit. I think people are attributing a lot of success to the meerkats when actually 
that advertising, that 123 million a year has been contributing to awareness of a new sector, which is price comparison and insurance. So it's more like people are buying into that new product and the benefit of the product. And we can prove this because insurance companies have been running brand awareness ads since, you know, whenever, since the creation of TV. And then as soon as the price comparison sites came along, all of a sudden, no one's thinking of the direct line phone anymore. They're thinking of, you know, I'm going to save some money. And they're going for that product because of the benefit of the product, not because they have an association with the phone or with Churchill the dog or something like that. So I think it's more like, let's focus on the benefits. If there's no benefit of doing business with you rather than somebody else, you're going to be struggling anyway. And then if you just plow 123 million into ads, whatever you're showing, you're going to grow your business because that is a massive amount of money to spend on advertising. So yeah, I'm still not sure that that's a justification for brand awareness. I think there are other ways to get that advantage instead. And it's interesting to see how even companies like Meerkat's company were focusing on benefits copy in the original versions of those ads. Yeah, no, that is a really, really interesting point. I hadn't really considered. Um, you're, you're right. The, there is a really strong benefit at the end of all of those ads. It'd be interesting to go back and, and look and see whether or not you know they they ran any ads that that were didn't have a benefit included at the end, or or if all of them did, or if some of their competitors that did less well, you know, didn't realise that that was as important, and they were just focusing on their mascot. That would be really interesting to look into. It would be really lovely to be able to test. But unfortunately, the advertising agencies have persuaded all of these companies that they shouldn't be running testable advertising. Yeah. Because then they can't be held accountable. It's the most amazing scam in the history of business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've got another argument in uh, the pro brand marketing campaign. So it's, it's kind of along the sim- uh, similar kind of lines. So th- this is a quote from socialmediaexplorer.com. Uh, so brand marketing often has the goal of awareness, which aids in conversion, but doesn't necessarily produce it. Brand marketing can have the goals of reputation management, customer service, community engagement, advocacy, and more. Direct marketing has one goal, convert prospects to customers or more simply drive sales. So so their point there being that there are lots of other reasons why you might be running brand marketing. So you might be interested in reputation management, customer service, community engagement, advocacy, and more. Although more is not really helpful. <laughs> so, so yeah. Do you think that that's a, those are useful uses uses of brand marketing? But they're also all secondary benefits of good quality direct response, right? If you're getting more customers, you're going to have more advocates. You're going to sort out your reput- reputation management if you've got an issue there. As long as your product's good. Let's go back to the Ogilvy days of when he's writing really benefits driven ads for things like the VW cars and stuff. You know, that was, although it was a direct response approach and he's selling people on the benefits and why you need to buy this, he's also giving people stories about the products which they can tell to their friends. And I think that's the sort of thing, if I was running John Lewis, that's the sort of thing I'd be doing. What is the story I can give my audience so that when they're talking to their friends about where they're doing Christmas shopping, they can recite this story which I'm going to plant in their heads And then that's going to lead to them actually going into the store. So rather than just saying, oh, you know, John Lewis, and there's a dog on a trampoline, let's actually say something meaningful, 
which is related to the benefits of doing business with someone. And then all those other things that you mentioned, they're all going to be taken care of because if we get more customers and we put them through our processes and our processes are good, we're going to have advocates, we're going to have people shouting about us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like like you say, all of those things, if somebody goes through a sales process, you're going to have all of those things because because they're experiencing them. So rather than having an ad campaign that that tells the customer about our, our reputation as a business or tells them about how great our customer service is, you could just let them experience those things. And that's yeah, probably going to have a much better effect in terms of in terms of giving people a, a good impression of the business, isn't it? Yeah, and and just because you know a direct response advertise, uh, you know, just because a brand awareness ad isn't focused on getting a customer, doesn't mean that it's any more effective at doing any of those other things either. Uh, so a uh, kind of follow up from that is um, a, a, an argument which uh, Social Media Explorer are also using. Direct response marketing encourages people to buy a product, uh, but it's brand marketing which helps people to choose between products. So they're, they're kind of saying that you know, a, a, in order to encourage somebody that this is something they need, then you know, direct response marketing might help there. But to actually make them choose, then there needs to be a brand in the, in there. Now I think that really what they're doing is they're confusing the two concepts which we're talking about here. So um, brand awareness campaigns and um, yeah, and having and having a brand, having strong branding. Uh, now, I think as we as we kind of discussed at the beginning, branding can be really helpful. Brand awareness is is not going to is not particularly going to result in the the goal that they're after there of encouraging somebody to choose their business instead of their competitor's business. Do you, do you think that's right? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see any correlation. Just because something's direct response doesn't mean it doesn't sell the benefits of the product. Actually, it's completely the opposite. It might be. Yeah, it's they've just completely missed the mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Now I've I've got a a quote here from Seth Gooden. Basically, um, I'm just going to summarize what he said rather than read this because uh, it's quite long. Um, so he's just talking about the idea that a brand a brand awareness ad might be a much better experience for consumers. So, oh. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll I'll pitch it first, and then you can shut. Yeah, then you can shoot it down. Things like so so brand awareness ads are quite common in podcasts. Um, so. If you, if you listen to um, yeah podcasts out there, then you might you might see brand awareness ads j- just saying, "Hey, you know, this is a really cool service." If it doesn't feel like it interrupts the consumer's um, experience, then then they're not, then they're going to have a much better impression of that business, that product, than if it's something that's really jarring. So I think that they're probably what they're trying to do is they're trying to differentiate from things like some some direct response tactics, things like uh, pop up ads and and you know ads that that turn the sound on or start flashing on the screen and that kind of thing, which are going to be a, a really horrible experience for a customer versus, yeah, something that's going to be, a, that's going to be much kind of, it's going to be fitting in with the content a lot better. So, so how do you, how do you think, do, do you think that's a, a good argument or, uh, or still no? Still no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think the trouble is that, you know, people are, people are saying direct response advertising is like shouty and hypey and, and on all of that stuff and brand awareness is is much more, you know, it's enjoyable for people. To illustrate the problem that we have here, I was just looking online and Rachel Swift from John Lewis, she, she said this, right? After she said it was their most profitable ROI in any marketing activity, this is the Christmas ad. She gave this quote. She said, marketing should be about entertaining the nation, changing people's behavior and challenging their perceptions. 
It's not about click-through rates, likes, and shares. It's about those really powerful things advertising and communications can do. (laughs) So marketing should be about entertaining the nation, right? Bullshit. That's what TV's for. That's what Netflix is for. Marketing should be about generating a market for a product. That is literally the definition of it. It's marketing is the action of business of promoting and selling products or services. So I think like Seth, I love him to bits, but I think, you know, this whole thing about, you know, brand awareness, they're completely missing the point. The point of marketing and advertising is to sell a product. And I think the, the, the straighter the line between the ad and the sale, the more effective it's going to be. If we're trying to go through this convoluted process of making people fall in love with us and all of that stuff, the risk of losing them is massive. I mean, I think as well, the, the idea that um, marketing is about entertaining the nation. Well, I mean, if you're in the entertainment business, then like you say, you're competing with with blockbuster films, you're competing with Netflix. And I, I know if I get to choose my entertainment, which one of those I'm going to pick. So you know, it's, it's not really going to compete, is it? It's, at best, this is you know um, an interruption that I don't hate quite as much as some other interruptions, but it's it's still not going to be my choice. So it, yeah, it's never really going to have the result that they're after. It's, it's not going to... No, they're absolutely miles off. She is mental. If I was in charge of that, and I saw my marketing manager say marketing is, should be about entertaining the nation, I would run a mile. But David Ogilvy, who actually ran an ad, an ad network, said, originality is the most dangerous word in advertising. Right, he's spot on. Why would you be creative? Why would you praise creativity in marketing? That's not the goal. The goal is make sales, and anybody else is way off. <laughs> and I think it's it's really interesting as well in that quote from Rachel. So it's not about click through rates, likes, and shares. To me, that's a really disturbing quote because it suggests that she's not interested in tracking those things. So even if she has the option to, it sounds like she's choosing not to track those things. And it's just like, well, you know, if you think that you've got a, a fantastic video, a, a really awesome ad campaign why not track those things and see if it did better than last year's really awesome advert campaign? Well, I mean, yeah. So I I kind of agree with her in the sense that, no, it's not about click-through rates, likes and shares. It's about sales. But even by her own metrics, by if you're going to entertain people, like you say, surely you'd want to measure their entertainment, which would be about likes and shares, surely. If it's not about anything trackable, then fine. Why don't we just blow free money off the top of every John Lewis? And, you know, that's a great way of entertaining people. Why don't we just make people fight on the street? That, you know, that's entertaining. <laughs> Why don't we, you know, whatever. There's, there's a million ways of entertaining people, none of which generate any sales. And they're all much cheaper than running massive Christmas ad campaigns. So why don't we just do that? Yeah, no, I think, I think it's a really good point. Like, it's just, it's why not track those things if you have the option? I think that's, that's really the main thing. As soon as she said that, we know that I'm sure she's lovely, but that uh, that opinion is mental. <laughs> Do you reckon that there's a lot of uh, marketers out there that the reason they're interested in these brand awareness campaigns is because really they want to be a film director, but they just couldn't couldn't get somebody to uh, to di- to give them the budget for a film? Yes, because they wanted to be creative. That's why they got into the advertising industry, and they're in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess the other thing worth talking about is how we can take any positive elements from brand awareness and then build them into 
you know, our, our listenership, our audience is mostly small and medium-sized businesses. So how can we take that stuff, you know, how can we piggyback on or, or borrow from the benefit than the loving feeling that people get about John Lewis or Marks and Spencer from the Christmas ad and how can we make the most of that? But whilst we're doing direct response advertising as well. So, you know, there's things like being consistent in your imagery, making sure that you are using in your photos, you're using your target audience in the photos and that they're getting the benefit that they want. You know, all of that stuff can happen without having to run a, a, a an ad of a, of a guy on the moon like you can you can build that if you say that you're running a department store an independent department store you can get that sense of family and that sense of belonging and all of that those warm fuzzy feelings but in dr ads by running ads and or in your local area on facebook to people around christmas running a some kind of you know christmas event where you're inviting people to come in and you've got a you got some free gift or you've got some mulled wine or something like you know you have an, a christmas event day and and you can get people into the store and get people buying and you still get that warm loving feeling but you've actually got a measurable output at the end and, and you know you're focusing a campaign around a specific goal so i think there's ways of of, of capturing that I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that yeah, definitely. I think I think like you say, if you if you're running a, an event or something like that, that's going to have all of those really fantastic kind of brand awareness benefits as as well as the the direct response of of people turning up. Um, so you'd be doing both at the same time, um, for sure. I think this is um in in term, my area, obviously being the kind of PPC side of things. I think there's really good opportunities with that for for incorporating you know strong branding in an advert campaign. So you know if we're if we're running an ad campaign and we're saying hey this is the benefit of of the product, this is why this product is so great, then then that's that's going to be um, an important part of the brand. So that's a reason why our product is different from our competitors, why it's you know better, why, why you should buy ours instead of theirs. So it has that brand awareness aspect. But in order to turn that into a direct response ad, all we really need to do is we need to say, you know, uh, our product has these benefits, which are awesome because they're part of our brand. Therefore, buy it from here. Therefore, go here. Therefore, sign up for this. You know, we can we can have both of those things at the same time. You know, a, online and in, in events as well. We, you know, we've definitely got the opportunity to to, to do both, and we're going to probably end up getting better results if we are doing some of that branding as as part of that, that ad campaign. I think. Yeah, yeah. We're not saying branding is bad. I guess that's what we said at the start, isn't it? We're not saying branding is bad. There's massive value in having a brand and being familiar and being recognisable being known by your audience, all of that stuff that there is huge, genuine equity in it. Well, I mean, it comes back to um, something which we've talked about in previous podcast episodes quite a few times. So the idea of um, a lead generation offer, offering something to um, a customer for, um, you know, for free or, or really low cost, Maybe you know that product. You 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 might even be taking a loss. Um, you're certainly not looking to make a lot of profit from that. But what you're doing with that is um, it's lead generation. So then they've they've got that kind of first touch with your brand, with your business. So then if they're looking for something in that market in the future, then you know they know where to come to. 
Um, so yeah, we're, we're running an, an, some, some campaigns like this at the moment. So um, a free review for financial services, for example, you know, that that free review doesn't make the business money. Um, but what makes the money is the idea that, hey, this company offered me something for free th- and it was useful, it was valuable. And so they have a, a positive impression of the brand. And then when they are ready to make that decision about where should they get their financial services from, then, you know, they, they know where to go to. They, they don't have to sort of go back to the to searching on, on Google or, or, or that kind of thing. They, they've already got that brand in their mind. That's exactly it. Yeah, great example. Yeah, lead generation. If you're not, you know, incorporating some element of um, of branding in there, you're probably not doing a lead generation campaign very well. So, obviously, there's there's easy ways to get hold of people's contact details, but if you're not giving them a, a nice, you know, a, a positive experience with your brand during that process, then they're probably very unlikely to to respond to your follow up emails or phone calls or whatever it is that you're doing to, to follow up on them. So um, yeah, lead generation, really good example of, of brand awareness, I think. For sure. So that was a really, really interesting chat. Thank you, Loz. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'd absolutely love to hear what your opinions are and what your thoughts are on brand awareness versus direct response. So if you want to tweet us, then you can go on Twitter and find Exposure Ninja. And don't forget, if you want some free help with your digital marketing, then head over to our all new website, ExposureNinja.com and uh, fill in the form to request a free website and marketing review. So what will happen in this review is we'll have a look at all of the marketing that you're doing currently. We'll have a look at what your competitors are doing, and then we'll map you out a plan which you can follow to generate more leads and sales from your website. It's completely free. There's no obligation. There's no sneaky sales pitch or anything like that. And it's genuinely awesome. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you enjoyed it. And talk to you all next week. Bye.